0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message.
1: I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles today to Matthew, uh, excuse me, Psalm, the book of Psalm, the book of Psalms, and we're in Psalm 18. Psalms, uh, the book of Psalms, and we're in Psalm 18 today. And I want us to read the scripture together. I don't know if you have blankets on today, so maybe we can stand, I think some of you. Let's stand together, shall we? And uh, if, it's, if it's the point where you don't want to stand, you remain seated. But I want to read some scripture. And then, Brother Bertram, we're going to call on you to pray. I love the people of North Valley Baptist Church. Uh, I'm just overwhelmed what you did last week uh, with I Love My Church. Uh, I, I, I wish I, I'll i try to get you the right number. Brother Sly told me the correct number from December, January, and February. We're pushing up toward $400,000 given to debt retirement. I don't know if it's, I, he told me the number. I don't know if it's 340, 350, 370, 380. It just slips my mind right now, but the mortgage, the, the, just everything we do, it's coming down very, very quickly, and we want it to continue that way over the next uh, couple years, and we'll be out of debt completely. You precious young people that are here, it's our goal to leave you a place, both properties, completely paid. Now, lest you think we're doing that, then I'm done. I have three buildings yet on my mind that I want to buy around here in my ministry. And one small chapel building, old-fashioned one, I want to build. I'd like to build that one before the 50th anniversary and uh, have it all ready for you. So we've got some things still ahead of us. I'm very excited about the message, and uh, I pray that God would use it in our lives today. I want you to do the same. That you just say, God, please speak to my heart today. Please help me. I am so, so burdened, yes, for America. I'm more burdened for the New Testament local church. We are going to be extinct if we continue to go down this path in America. Churches have learned to love being shut down. Most Protestant churches are still not open. Remember, a Protestant church is not a Baptist church. And yet many Baptist churches, some have announced they'll be closed all of 2021. Large ones, much larger than us. We will not be meeting this year. A Protestant church is a protest group. The great Martin Luther from the 1500s was a priest and he read the book of Romans and he got saved because of the word justification. And he began the Lutheran church he, he nailed his 95-point theses at the door of the church in Wittenberg, in Germany, and he declared justification by faith. He protested against Catholicism. Uh, the Methodists protested against Catholicism. The the Congregationalists, the uh, the the, uh, the, the uh, Methodists, the Presbyterian, all of them. Now all of them at one, my mother was saved after eight days of a revival meeting in a Lutheran church where the preacher preached every message on the subject of hell. And she was saved in the 1930s. The Protestant churches used to preach as Baptists used to preach. We have changed so drastically. Our churches are mirroring nightclub atmospheres party atmospheres, play atmospheres. And I want to preach uh, uh, something that I really believe will help us today because this church is so important. The people of God here, you're so important. The generation that's coming up and uh, undoubtedly I'll be gone if the Lord tarries, but you have to keep this thing right. You cannot give in, you cannot cave. We still need church. We don't need musicals and plays and thank God for those we need preaching and singing and tears and passion for Christ. Here in the book of Psalms today, Psalm, and we're gonna look at in Psalm, the book of Psalm chapter number 18, verse 30. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who Is God, save the Lord? Or who is a rock, save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hind's feet and setteth me upon my high places. Let's bow for prayer. Brother Burcham, will you lead us please today in prayer? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, how wonderful it is to be gathered in your house with your people Lord, thank you for the privilege that we have to have your word in our hands. Now, I pray that as we open it and as we look to it, I pray that you would fill our pastor with power from on high, and I pray that you would speak to our hearts today. Lord, I pray especially that you would speak to my heart. I pray that you might instruct me, and that as the psalmist said in another place, that you might incline my heart unto thy ways. I pray that you would have your will and way in every life well, thank you and praise you for all that's accomplished for we ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Bertram. God's people, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, this is a sight that I wish you could see. I really do wish you could come see it. You young high school boys that have a desire to preach, I, I want to guard it to make sure that you come up carefully, but I'd like you to stand in this pulpit this morning. A lot of you boys get that opportunity. Perhaps if I go over here, Brother Cooper, you could stay here. I want them just to come one at a time and stand in this pulpit. The message today. There are very many. There are many, many subjects in life. I, I know nothing about. You know that. I, I know nothing about computer. I know nothing about uh, FaceTime. I, I know nothing about all the internet. Uh, I I just I'm not the authority there. I also do not know anything about, for example, fishing. I am not a fisherman, and I'm so very thankful for that because I'm trying to be a good Christian. I'm not a fisherman. I can't understand it, fellas. Life is so short, what in the world? Nathan Carey, I'm preaching to you right now. What in the world would you, I'm talking about Danny Gonzalez and you fellas that fish. You go out and you put a worm on a hook. You're sadistic to hurt a little worm like that, and you throw it in the water and you normally come back with nothing. I know, because Brother Danny's promised me salmon many times, and he goes to the store and winds up having to buy it. I don't, understand. I don't understand fishing. I could fish, but I hope I'm a better Christian than that. To go and waste a day, you sit there and you wait. Here's an adult man with a brain waiting for a little fish to come by so you can get it. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I can't comprehend that. Oh God! People said, "Thank you." Worse than that, I can't understand hunting. I I just can't understand it. You know, by the time you bring that deer home after you get a flight to another state, and after you after you get a hotel room, and after you you, you get a tree stand, and after you uh, have to have them cut it all up and bag it all up and set it, you're paying seventy five. Uh, $75 a pound. Brother Cooper, what are you doing walking out of here? You sit down, brother. I don't understand. This, what What a crazy, this is like a tree stand right here. Just, what in the world? You go out, it's snow, it's cold, and you sit there all night waiting for Bambi to come by? And what? What is it about? I don't understand it, Brother Cooper. And you call that hunting? You exchange a nice warm bed in your home for fishing or for hunting. We do a lot of dumb things in this world, don't we? Thank you very much. I know very little about this verse because I'm not a hunter. I've had to study and I've had to research. I know a little bit that caused me at least to pause when I read this recently. It's the last verse, he maketh the emphasis, my feet, my feet, like hind's feet. A hind's feet is a female red deer, and I had to study this because I don't know anything about that, but it's an amazing thing about hind's feet. The deer plants the front two feet, they always go first. Those feet get anchored. And the hinds feet, the back feet, never vary. They are less than an inch away. They always land in the same holes where the front feet have already landed. I want to speak today on the subject of hinds feet. You always want to follow where someone's already been before you. There's someone that's already planted two feet ahead of you. And my feet need to be the Heinz feet. I need to plant my feet in the same exact holes that work. I'm thinking about family heritage. Why are we redefining family heritage? Why cast off the holes that your parents have set, and you say, well, I'm not going to the same. I'm my own man. And so instead of staying directly in the holes that have already planted, you veer off this way and this way, and guess what's gonna happen? You will self-destruct. There's something about hindsteeds so very important. My son, Proverbs 23, give me thine heart. A dad's writing to a son and says, "Son, I cannot, I cannot take your heart. I cannot seize your heart. I cannot possess your heart unless you give it to me." The same is true with Heinz feet. I'm so thankful for the generation of my family and my wife's family. I'm thankful that we had grandfathers, grandmothers, all born in the 1800s that planted feet of righteousness and planted feet in the church and planted feet into the family and planted their front feet into the word of God and planted their front feet into America, they all came from other countries, but they learned to love, they desired this country. Hind feet, they put their feet in, and guess what? My wife's family, my family, my parents, they stuck their feet in those same holes, hind feet. And we've done the same, Now it's up to our children. And it's up to our children to make sure that their kids don't go off some other path, but rather they plant their feet in something that worked. Why is it that we always want something that's different? Not only in family heritage, but I think today of the New Testament local church. And this is where I'm coming to you today. The church is so being quickly, so quickly being redefined. And yet, if there's ever a moment I'm pleading with you today. And after my departure, when God takes me home, I pray that God's people would listen to this before you ever call a new pastor. I will hope you'll think about hind feet. This saying for 45 years, almost 46 years now, has been working. Parking lots are filled, tents are filled, buses are running, schools are open. Thank God for what he's done. But some young whipper is gonna come in here and say, now I've got a new way. No, i tell you what this church has been built on. Preaching, preaching. God hath chosen the foolishness of preaching. Titus 1-3, in these last days, in these due times, God hath ordained preaching. The word preaching is a Greek word. It means, it's the word K rook means to lift your voice, to herald, to speak with authority. It's, preaching is not a seminar. Preaching is not a seminar. Preaching is not simply a sharing session together. I don't know how man could ever say he's preaching. Follow, follow him on the screen today. I couldn't keep myself because preaching doesn't keep you bound. It doesn't give you your message to somebody on the, uh, on the uh, media team. So say, now what, sometimes I cut things out of preaching. Some things I add to preaching. That's called the Holy Spirit of God that speaks to me and says that illustration is not the right one. You know that, uh, for example, I've been, I'm not co- co- compromising, but sometimes I'm going down the path where I know I'm gonna speak about adultery and then I see sitting nearby a young couple that have gone through that and I begin to get so burdened. They're in church at least, they're back in church and I'm not gonna to try to, in that moment, preach at them like they're the conference and they're my message of the day. Sometimes it's a son or a daughter that's a drug addict and I had an illustration, I pull it, but if I'm on the screen, I gotta maintain what they're telling me to preach. Friend, preaching is lifting your voice and pulling over and you'll never see a preacher with the overhead screens weep. You can't practice weeping. Oh, how important it is that we don't too away with preaching. Why was that revival that God just brought us through Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday why was it so a blessing? because a man stood, he didn't share, he didn't follow the bouncing ball, he didn't say on the screen, if you'll know, principle one is this, he stood up here and preached the word of God. I know, I know, it's shallow. Oh, let me tell you something, there was great depth in every one of the messages he preached. Wednesday night was one of the greatest Bible studies I've ever heard and messages and preaching on the New Testament local church. It was amazing to hear the man of God preach. But friend, he could not be bound by, he he got your attention and you watch. This country was not built of LCD screens. Well, what do you have them here? So you can see. These pieces, people in the tents and parking lots cannot see. We have it so they can see. That's not gonna say, now point one, point one, if you'll notice on the board up here, point one. That's not preaching, ladies and Hey, you boys that take over this church one day, that's not preaching. Pre- preaching Jesus preached, the Bible said, raise your leather lung voice and preach the word and declare the word and speak with authority. Thus saith the Lord. How we doing, America, now that we've gotten rid of preaching? Methodists, you were great preachers. How we doing? Presbyterians, you were preachers. What are we doing? Hey, Baptists, you were preachers. What is happening? We have very few preachers left. Very few men that will stand and preach the word of God high feet. I think about the fact of this church, we have planted our feet, not only in preaching, but in singing. Singing. Thank God for singing. I know we missed that last song. We lost the orchestra. On, at Calvary, we'll sing it maybe tonight. I want you to know, you cannot replace God's people singing together. But we lived in this moment that we don't want the hymns. With the hymns, Brother Bertram of the Great is a great theology. We sang, uh, uh, the, the, not a church of one founder, what was that first song? Uh, through the Fire, through. oh my goodness, I forget it right now. You got it? You forget, don't you? How firm a foundation. Go back to sleep, Joe. Thank you. Ye saints of the Lord. is laid for us in his excellent word. We have replaced hymns and songs and spiritual songs and melody, which is harmony. We've replaced it with these little ditties that don't bring anything to the soul. I think preaching for results, it's over. If you wanna talk to me about your spiritual, if you wanna talk to me some religious or spiritual needs, see me after church, we'll talk to you. Oh no, America was built off of preaching and giving an altar call and people come and getting right with God. I go back to that revival, it was cool weather, and yet this altar was filled with hundreds of people every single service getting right and dealing with God and doing business with God. The average church, the altar's dried up. This church cannot ever just sort of discount and quit the old fashioned altar. It's gotta stay open. I see couples a lot of times praying together. I see older people trying to kneel, you don't have to kneel, come and stand. I watch ladies that come and one night it was raining, I watched him. I said, please just remain standing. I watched men in suits kneel, you don't have to do that. You could stand, but I watched him kneel in this asphalt. Oh, would God, every pastor would have the joy to pastor people like that. That's how I, I want to deal with God. Preaching for results, tears. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. How can you not preach with tears? I've been overwhelmed all morning. I've, I had to say, God, just get control. My heart is so heavy. I've been weeping all morning. But I don't want to preach without weeping. I don't want to preach where there's not a tear in the corner of my eye. I don't want to preach where I'm just taking i I'm preaching at these people, but I'm preaching to us. I see what's happening. Oh, yes, in America. I see what's happening in our churches. We're buying into it. Our churches don't resemble churches. Our churches are beginning to resemble again seminars and fellowships and and stadiums and basketball and baseball and football and soccer and volleyball and hockey and all these things. And that's the preeminent hope oh, but God did not establish Gymnasiums for us first. God gave us a little tiny building. Sat 60 people and we began to preach. And on Sunday morning, very first Sunday, 45 years ago, last week, when there were about 25 people in that auditorium, five adults walked forward asking Jesus Christ to be their personal Savior. I don't want to build our church off of sports. I want our church built off of the New Testament local way of preaching the word of God and singing, I think of the atmosphere. Hey, hey, I know preachers, God bless you for watching. I might lose you as friends, I don't want to. But where are we getting this stuff? Where we, we have, we used to have an atmosphere of revival and that's like you're getting on an airplane. You may not know that what's happening right it's every, our fundamental churches are doing it. We borrowed it from the charismatics. we borrowed it from the new evangelicals, we borrowed borrow from the contemporaries. In the beginning of service, on the brief screen, normally it's a girl, a staff lady, sometimes a staff man. It's like you're on a plane. Welcome to our, welcome to our, whatever it is, they don't mind to use the word Baptist or church, Welcome to the rock. We're glad you're here today. We have restrooms in the lobby. Duh. We're glad you come to worship and fellowship with us. Music comes behind it, and it's playing. And then the pianist begins to play. And then all of a sudden, the worship leader gets up there. And begins to say, join with me in praise and worship to our Lord. Now, friend, you can have that if you want that. And I'm not saying you can not have it, go ahead and have it. There's a dime a dozen, but I want to have a church that sings how firm a foundation. I want a church that stands and shouts. I want to get the choir back in church. I don't want the front line singers. I don't want the worship leaders. I want a choir, I thank God. I thank God for men that were positional. Like John the Baptist said, hey, that woman you're living with, it's not your wife, it's sin. He lost his head, but he took a stand for something. Look, like Independent Funnel Baptist, you want a church like that, go to it. I'm preaching today to try to preserve Heinz feet. It worked in the 1700s preaching. It worked in the 1800s and 1900s and it worked in the early 20, 20, uh, 2000s, but it still needs to work. Heinz feet. Preachers, we have become so enamored by being accepted in the community that we can say we're against sin, but we'll never name it. I'll show you, preacher. When was the last time that you called sin adultery, fornication? When was the last time that you mentioned that sodomy God said I gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things that were convenient. That's sin. It's wicked, I can't do that because we're a diverse church. We want to include everyone. I'm not saying that sodomites cannot come to church. We welcome to God's house, but we're talking about it's still sin. Lying on your taxes is still sin. Not paying your bills is still sin. Letting the sun go down on your wrath is still sin. Not being right with your family is still sin. We've adopted the world's philosophy. We don't want to be too churchy. We want to attract the world. So Sunday school is now connection groups because we don't want the word Sunday school. It's really offensive. Sunday schools are being dropped all over America. You can hardly find places where they have Sunday school. But they have connection groups where you come and get your coffee and fellowship and talk. Church services are now no longer around. They're gatherings. Come to the gathering. You'll see the signs if you travel the country. Gathering at Saturday night at 6 o'clock and gathering Sunday morning at 8, 9, 11. That's it, gatherings. You know, gatherings doesn't tell you anything. Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night prayer meeting, Sunday school, that tells you something. I was choosing a name for this church. I always thought I wanted the name First Baptist. There was already a First Baptist when we came. This church was already named. I like the word first because you're, I go to first. It forces you to say the second word, Baptist. I'm glad I'm a Baptist. The big thing now is naming the church. I go to the rock, I go to the vine, I go to the branch, I go to the gathering place. It seems like we're doing everything possible to get away from anything that may look religious so we can attract ourselves to this community. Whatever happened to Heinz feet? I think of some men that planted their feet ahead of me. I never read the gurus, never have. The church growth, growth gurus, I've never read them. I don't want them. One of the great gurus was a pastor and began to write books and became very wealthy and he dropped the, the thing being a pastor. He left and now he just goes around and has seminars. I don't want to leave the ministry. We have guys reading by all these gurus and the non-Baptists. I'm not reading non-Baptists. I'm not reading contemporaries. We cannot help but speak the things we've seen and heard. Maybe it's because we have a publications here. But I get 50 to 100 new books every year that some sent in to me here. We want you to read this book. Sometimes they say, we well, want you to put a forward in this book. The first thing I do, I look at what Bible they use in the front, and if it doesn't say King James, I throw it right in the garbage can. They begin to use some of these words like the community, the diversity, how Sunday night's not important, he's ruining your family, too much church and all this stuff. I throw in the garbage. I'm not going to read it. I say today, I, I planted my feet with some Heinz feet. There's some men that went before me, Bobby Robertson. Eighth grade education. pastor of the same church 61 years. He planted his feet. And Bobby Robertson was a man that overemphasized to me the importance of being real before God and before man. Just be real. Be who you are. Sometimes, bless his heart, he's listening it from heaven because he only went through eighth grade. His dad died at age 39 of a heart attack. He was a preacher and had to had go to work at the bank just to make a living, work in the fields as well. Bobby had to come home from school, start working in the fields in eighth grade, and he'd say, once I went here, twice I've gone here. He would mix up tenses. But i tell you what, when that sweet, godly man of God, a man like his, so rare, you don't see him today, he had just the touch of God and he planted his feet, and I've preached so many revivals in that church, similar to art, I took a picture of the front of his church and I said to the architect, build it like that. That looks like a church. I like the look of it. I like that steeple. I think of how I followed the feet of Lee Robertson. I planted my feet where his feet have already been He was Mr. Compassion for Worldwide Missions. He was Mr. Compassion for the bus ministry. He was Mr. Compassion, 12 to 13, 14,000 people coming to church a week. I think of Harold Sandler. I'm trying to plant my feet where he did. A man of the word of God, Raymond Hancock. He had some fire, had some zeal, had some devotion in his heart. I think of Oliver B. Green, the great Bible teacher, radio man. I think of Dr. Jack Jack Hiles, a great souler, Tom Malone called the prince of preachers. I want to plant my feet there, not in some non-Baptist who's not going the same. His feet are going this way. I'm going the same holes where they have landed. I'm thinking today, Monroe, Monroe Cedar Home and Richard Clearwater, Monroe Parker and Arnold Winninger and Archer Winninger, that these men were men that took strong stands. I'm talking about Lester Roloff, a preacher who had such great conviction. I'm thinking about Jake Frank Norris, a man who stood for revival in the New Testament church. And Dr. G. B. Vick, a man for the Sunday school. Big on the Sunday school. Carl Hatch, the great soul winner. I will get me to the great men, the seasoned men, The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 5, the men that have known the way of the Lord, I don't want to cast them off. Their feet already landed where I want to land. Hinds feet. I have no desire to have a rock and roll service, a contemporary rock leader, worship leader. I don't know what's going to do the church. It might be that somebody's going to start a church in our backyard and Y'all go over there and I might have a parking lot of five people, but by the grace of God, I'm gonna keep planting my feet where historically we've had men of God plant their feet. I wanna have the bus ministry. I wanna see souls down the aisle. I want revival services. I want missions being a major part of it. I want good music. I want preaching to be direct. Not so that the community will accept me. I'm not preaching so the community accept us. And by the way, the quote community called the city in the Bible, the community wants someone to tell the truth. We're trying to create a fashionable church nowadays. We're more interested in passing blankets than Bibles. We're more interested in passing food instead of the future where a person's going to spend their eternity. I'd say, could we become like Elijah? Could I ask you, number one, let's stop the redefining. We're redefining America. Politically, we're redefining it. We have people running for the highest office of the land that endorse socialism. America's never been a socialist country. But I tell you why we have that type of government, because we have weak churches. Stop redefining. Stop casting off a good thing, Amos 8:3. Stop rejecting your forefathers. You know it all. Stop the pride. Stop the pride. You young men that are listening today, God bless you. And I love you. But I tell you what, you're so full of pride. You've got this old newfangled way to do it and it's gonna be, a, you You didn't get it from, you didn't get it from the old guys, you got it from the new modern guys and you got it from the internet and you got it for what's working to bring a crowd in and that is not your job to bring a crowd in, that's God's job. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Stop the creating a show for Sunday. You couldn't have revival if you wanted to have it because it's not on the cue card. We're dropping the Sunday school in America. How are we doing? We're dropping the Sunday night for Super Bowl in America. How are we doing? We're dropping our convictions and our standards. We're dropping the shout. Most independent fundamental Baptists, if they had someone come to the church and started saying amen and had a shout, they'd be embarrassed. We don't do that around here. Well, yes, we do around here. I'll tell you that right now. I'm so concerned. I think you know I stopped listening to the news on election day. I have not listened to the news. I know a lot about, about the news because I hear people tell me something every day. I don't read the news. I don't read the headlines on the news on the phone. I don't read listen to talk show hosts. But I think it was in November, I was listening to this program called I don't know what it's called, but Rush Limbaugh. I was always so grateful because he did so many good things for our church. Gave us American Express cards, credit cards for all the veterans one Sunday. Gave us gifts for all the students in the Christian school. Gave us books for our library. Sent a semi-load of truck, but he had something called 2PIT. I had no idea it was coming 68,000 bottles of tea for free, said sell it so you can buy those desks for your school. I've been told by his people that he and his wife, Catherine, watch this service from time to time. I'm glad what I read this week, someone gave me an article that he trusted Christ as his savior in 2019, I hope that's true. I wrote him back one time, a letter of thanks. He'd done so many other things for us. And I wrote him back and said, I'm so grateful. I said, Rush, you and I were born in the same year. You're a few months older than me. I'd love to fly there at my expense, explain to you about Jesus Christ and how to be sure you're saved. I hope he was saved. He passed away this week, I understand. I don't know if they've had his funeral yet or if they'll have it this week. But I was listening. I believe it was back in early November. I heard a five minute clip as he was speaking and I dictated it right in my phone almost verbatim. It was a mother, grandmother that had called in and she said, I'm so overwhelmed with sorrow and disappointment with my family. We raised our children to be right-wing conservatives and they were right with us all the way through high school and then they went to college. And she said all of a sudden their thinking changed. You'd be so surprised how many young people have gone under Christ from this ministry, living for Christ, straight and narrow, doing so great, but you'd be so surprised how many have already embraced socialism. I believe government's job is to provide everything for the people, which is not their job at all. If a man will not work, he should not eat. She said they went off to college, and in college, everything changed. Now they've cast us off. They won't talk to us. A lady that devoted her life to her children, and now they want to return a call. Mr. Limbaugh said this, and I quoted it. I wrote it down. I, I dictated it. He said, if you do not daily, that was the key word, if you do not daily fight for a position of conservatism, conservatism, you will eventually corrupt. That's what Heinz Feet is about. Keep putting your back Feet that coming behind, put those feet in the same holes where mother and dad and leather young, pre- lung, young pre- preachers and men of God have already planted their feet. Our average churches do not resemble anything of John the Baptist or Elijah or Elisha or Moses. Oh, what a sad thing we see today. He went on to speak about this corruption. I believe the same is true for our churches. How are we being corrupted? Our young generation is being corrupted by the internet. They're being corrupted, our preachers, by compromising Christians, following worldly Baptist, non-Baptist, contemporary movement of the day. Man, man, you cannot help but become that if that's what you see and read Acts chapter five, four. That's what you'll become. Before I ever came here, I wrote down what I believe and I gave it to you right off the first month. Here's what I believe. Here's where we're going. And it's not changed. You can fight it. You can disagree with it. But I'm not gonna change. I tell you what, you don't go for 45 years and then all of a sudden say, well, the people don't want it. I don't know what the people don't want, but I do know what God wants. And we're going with God, not people. I think thirdly, we're enamored Young preachers were enamored with these new positions. I think we'll enjoy the new liberty we find. I think what we'll enjoy is uh, all the freedom. But our young people will begin to embrace, they're embracing it in our fundamental churches already social drinking, wine. We'll start there, by the way. We won't start with vodka. Social drinking, I've heard it, in many cases. Say, What's so wrong with that social drinking? What's so wrong about wine? Well, God says wine's a mocker. Strong drinkers are raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Okay, you go ahead and redefine it. You explain what that means, but it still says wine's a mocker. There's absolutely no way that a young person can hold to their heritage by listening to the wrong source. Today I come to you, children, you be the hinds feet that follow the holes that your parents have imprinted. And parents, stop this wavering. Stay in church. Stay in Sunday school. Your kids don't live for God. Stay in church. Just because your kids may do wrong doesn't mean you have the right to do wrong. Hinds feet, children, follow the holes of the, front feet of your parents, church members. Follow the holes of the men and women of God in this church, deacons and pastors that have already planted their feet and you people keep walking, keep your feet planted right so that there's something for the members. I'd say employee, follow the footsteps of your your employer. I'd say students, follow the footprint of your teachers. I'm out of time. Little boy lived really in a cabin in the woods with his mother and dad's only child. That boy's mother became very sick and passed away. Dad turned to the bottle. He put the little boy to bed at night and trudged through the snow to a saloon and stopped by and drink and come home drunk every night late in the night. One day he got to the, one night he got to the saloon and all of a sudden it was filled with men drinking. He was up there at the stool drinking. People began to get quiet, the men that he was drinking with and He was looking around what's going on. And as he turned this way he he found his son, his little boy Elementary boy sitting on the stool right next to him said, Son, what are you doing here? You can't be here. There's no place for a boy. But, Daddy, you're here. How'd you get here? How'd you even know? He said, Dad, it was easy. As you walked through the snow, I just followed in your steps. And it brought me right here, walking in your steps. I want to challenge the people of our church, our membership. Plant the first two legs in the right correct spot. Keep your marriages together, keep your lives together, keep your homes holy, keep them happy, keep them godly, keep them pure. Keep going to God's house when your heart is so shattered and broken. Keep doing what's right, keep tithing, keep forgiving, confessing your sin. Keep praying. Keep asking God. Keep singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs. Keep your feet planted, because there's coming someone with Hines feet, and they don't, they don't waver. They don't get an inch off. You read about Hines feet. The feet always exactly land in the same hole.